Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Witt, and with me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today, sir? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm pretty good. We got a little uh, we got a little room arrangement change. We'll probably have some more changes because we're trying to get this thing fixed into the right spot, and it is tiny in here. <laughs> We've got a tiny, like, 8 by 10 room, if that. I don't even think it's that big. It might not be. I, we're going to figure out a perfect way to do this and have it that way for a while. I kind of like the different thing here that we're doing. I like the 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 different angle here. I like the blue wall behind us. Yeah, the yeah. Xavier wall, we'll call it. And uh, we got. I still got a ton of stuff to hang up from the old from the old uh, from the old Rum Dum Studios, and and I have not got anything hung back here. So it's okay. Means I'm going to have to get my butt in gear and uh, get this basement going. Is what it sounds like. Hey, as long as we show up and speak into microphones every week, I'm good. All right, that sounds good to me. Uh, so, obviously, we're going to talk NFL. We are not an NFL podcast, but big dog, the Bengals are moving on to the AFC Championship game. We'll be talking NFL, maybe the best weekend of football games in the history of the NFL. And that's not just for me. That's as being talked about everywhere yeah. when you bring in everything that's going on with Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and the new Joe Burrow and the new and the and, and the reigning uh new guy and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and, and uh, Matt Stafford at the new play every single team has a quarterback story going on and it's going to be super fun to talk about that we also had the Hall of Fame announced today for the Baseball Hall of Fame I did not I purposely did not look at it. I, I can't wait to tell you about it. See uh, who got what votes. And uh, Bonds and Clemens both are up. This is their last year. That's right. And the fact that you just said see who got what votes tells me they didn't make it. But they. But I like to hear what they made. So anyway, we'll figure it out. Uh, Mount Rushmore of coaches, all-time coaches, greatest coaches of all time. In, in the three major sports. In the three major sports. Baseball, basketball, football. And then, of course, we've got uh, the 30-minute special this week from the stand-ups. Am I right? That's right. Okay. And uh, that's with Mark Norman. That's right. And for the second episode in a row, I am paying up on a, on a bet that I lost. Man, two episodes in a row. So last week was you singing a cappella, which, by the way, must have been phenomenal because we are getting tweets and texts from all ends of the earth talking about them beautiful pipes you got. It's people that we know that are being nice. Uh, if they're I, people we know, then why are they being nice? Because they're they're just they're they're complimenting me because we know nice people. Now, look, I, none of us are. Uh, you know, naive enough to believe that I can sing at all. <laughs> so, so thank you for all the nice words. But I, I come on. <laughs> Obviously, I mean, you're an you're an amazing singer. We all found that out last week, and this week we're gonna get to watch you do a hundred push-ups. So, do you want to get started? You feel like you need to kick I, it off with a few? I need to. If I'm gonna get through these, and I'm afraid that I might not get through these, you'll get through it. Get out of town. You've been working out once a week or something like that at the at the. Uh, Workout by Peggy. I, 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 training personally with Peggy Edwards is the best place to go if you're looking to to start. Look, it's January. Everybody starts their new 
re- resolution to get fit and, and get in better shape or whatever, or just, at least just exercise, check out trainingpersonally.com and uh, get all the information you need. Shoot Peggy a text, a phone call, stop in to the gym and check it out. And she will take care of you. She'll she'll lay it all out for you. Let you know what's going on. She never she's never pushy about getting anybody to join. There are so many different options on how to join and what you know how much you want to go and all that kind of stuff. You're never obligated at all. Check out trainingpersonally.com. Now, I have been I have been coaching almost every single day after I work. So it's eight o'clock something like that when I get home at night. Now I should be working out at least at home after I get home. Guess what? I work all day and then I go coach for a few hours and then I come home. I want to eat my canes or my skyline. Yep. And, and I want to sit there and watch basketball. I've called you in canes drive through multiple times, dude. I just told a girl the other day. She's like, I was like, yeah, I think I might, I I might get skyline on the way home tonight after practice. She's like, I think I'm going to get canes. I was like, I get canes like three days a week because it's like right, <laughs> right there. on the way yep. home. And she's like, Adam, that's not healthy. <laughs> <laughs> this is a 14-year-old girl giving me health advice, uh, but she's right. So, Yeah, but, I mean, bodies adapt, right? So, basically, you have just uh, – your body has just adapted to uh, ice cream, Skyline, cookies, and canes. Yeah, that's exactly right. Reese cups. Exactly right. Which is why I'm so worried. All of those things are correct, which is why I'm worried <laughs> about getting through these. I've I've started to try to do some push-ups for the last couple of weeks just to see make sure I can do them still. And I can get some in, but I don't know about 100. It, you knock knock 10 out at a time. That's what I did last time. Knock 10 out at a time. I think the last two I did 15 at a time, but not dude, just knock 10 out. Let's knock it down to 90. Let's I feel like I'm going to I feel like I should try to get a, a little chunk you gonna go chunk first? first? Go, you think yeah, so? I, I probably would be a much better idea than trying to do what I did last time. The only thing is, you you looked pristine doing these perfect technique and didn't even break a sweat. And didn't break a like- sweat. Go back and watch the tape. Go back and watch the tape for when I lost and had to do a hundred push-ups. I couldn't breathe. <laughs> Throughout the next segment of the podcast, I, I thought you handled them really well. So just wait. You want to see somebody that can't breathe. Here I'm ready go. to go. And while you do that, I'm going to start breaking down what we have here. Oh, those are good. What are you talking about? Look, he's even got the elbows slightly turned in to closer to the body. These are some good tricep push ups. Well done. I'm not sure how many he's kicking out right now because I'm not counting, but he's doing well. So this week in the NFL is. Probably the greatest week of all time. We had both number one seeds. You're a little red, but that's all right. Knocked out 20. I'm going to be red. I'm telling you, I'm going to be red. That's 20. So the tomato's back. Um, So starts off by both number one seeds go down, right? We start the first game of the week. Yeah, you got to take a couple deep breaths. (laughs) The, The Bengals go down. Or the Bengals go down. The Titans go down. The number one seed. And a lot of people said we're probably the worst number one seed in the history of the NFL playoffs. But either way, they were a number one seed. They played a Bengals team who uh, all year, they well, for the year, they set a record uh, for, not a record, they led the league in sacks. Yeah. And not sacking the sacks. other quarterback, <laughs> yeah. giving up sacks. Joe Burrow was sacked more times than any quarterback in the NFL. However, Joe Burrow, I mean, since the guy was drafted, since that game at LSU, the 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 moxie, if you will, the vibrato, bravado, 
the the cockiness the uh confidence you know borderline cockiness yeah he's cocky it is what it is um is is has brought this city into an entire new era of football Gone is the is the is the Carson Palmers. Gone is the Andy Daltons. We are in a era where we not only win playoff games, but we win road playoff games. We were 0 for seven going into this. We come in, we take a victory against a a healthy Derrick Henry. I mean, he was running his butt off. We our run defense was phenomenal in this game. Yeah, yeah, and you know. So Joe Burrow was sacked nine times in this game. Nine times. There's only been one quarterback that's ever won a playoff game while being sacked eight times, and that was Donovan McNabb, who I believe ended up in the Super Bowl that year. Was that the year? I think that was the year they went to the Super Bowl. Uh, but no one has ever won a game being sacked nine times in a playoff game. And it's impressive. Joe Burrow, it doesn't look like there's any uh, – there's no indication of him being worried about getting hit. He gets he gets hit, he gets tackled, he goes down. And he didn't get I don't I feel like he didn't get and, and I might not be remembering all of them, but he didn't get a really bad hit. It's hard to remember yeah. all of them when there's nine of them. He got rolled up on once that, that he came up hobbling. He he got rolled up on that on that bum leg and, and he came up hobbling. Here's the thing though. That one, I believe it was that one, and there was at least there was at least two sacks where he just held on to the ball too long. Yeah. There's a couple where people are yelling, throw the ball, throw the ball. But when the <laughs> when a guy is on you before you can even get your arm up and you start to spin and you get tackled, like you there you don't have time to get the ball off, right? That's not your fault. That's a line. But there are times where he sat back there just a little too long, and when you know that rush is in your face, live to find another day. When it's second second six and you get sacked for a 15-yard loss to give you third and long, don't get me wrong, he ends up <laughs> – the dude can step up and <laughs> throw converts a, and converts and third and twenty anyway, but but, the, but there's no point in having it like that, right? Live to see another day. Tom Brady, uh, the king of throwing the ball away when need be. Um, he Tom Brady takes good sacks when he's a yard behind, and he throws the ball away when he when he doesn't have it. Now he also has a phenomenal offensive line. He also is no longer in the playoffs. If I were to tell you before the game, here's what you get to choose from. If or yeah, here's what you get to choose from. You're either going to have your quarterback sacked nine times, or have your quarterback throw three interceptions. Which one would you think would win that game? Uh, the sacks, I would think. I would think the sacks would win the game too. Yeah. I, I that is the problem that Tennessee has. They've got a phenomenal defense. They've got two unbelievable receivers, and. Obviously, uh, the and, and it, did I say defense? Their defense is phenomenal. Defense they're is obviously their running back, uh, Derrick Henry. King Henry is, I mean, th- there's no one like him. But Ryan Tannehill is just not that guy, man. No, he's not. He's not. And you know what? He he had some good years in in Miami and stuff. And he's not. A, he's a serviceable guy, but he's not a a a Super Bowl type quarterback at least not and we saw a couple other quarterbacks that weren't high level guys but their defenses were so dominant or the rest of their team was so good that they were able to manage their way to through the playoffs and to the Super Bowl they're not good complete enough right to have Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback and make it to the Super Bowl 
It's unbelievable, man. It's in, and you look back at this game, and the Bengals should not have won that game. Right. They should not have won that game. We'll be a hundred percent honest with you. It was the the interception. The the second interception was the killer. The one that was inside their thirty, maybe even inside the twenty. Um, that pick, and then the the one the end of the game. I mean, you've got an opportunity to drive down and make something happen, and you throw a pick to give them a chance to to do what we do. Can, did you hear what? Evan McPherson said, it's all over the place, right? You heard the Evan McPherson. When he was walking onto the field. Yeah, and he looks over at Brandon Allen. Yeah. After he, ta- he takes a little one swing, kicks the ball into the net, does a little stretch, looks at Brandon Allen. Well, looks like we're going to the AFC Championship. That's right. And then proceeds the drain straight down the middle of 52-yard field goal. Not, I mean, just a no-doubter. When it came off and you see, it takes you a second to see, is the ball going to start tailing or whatever? It, it, but yeah. then you kind of read it. And you're like a little Holy off cow. the foot, and you're yeah. like, "That's Again. as straight as an arrow." I I am so I can't tell you. There's I I'm probably the guy in fantasy football that starts the kicker trend all the time. That's me. I start yeah. the kicker trend all the time because I love jumping out and getting uh, Tucker, Justin Tucker, Justin Tucker. What's his name? Yeah, yeah Justin Tucker from uh, from Baltimore. I'll jump out and get him because he's going to get 25 more points than any other kicker. In the league, that, in, our, in our in our league, kickers score a ton. Yeah, it makes so, sense. So I jump out usually because if I'm going to get one, I'm a, I want the best. Otherwise, a bunch of them are just the same. But if you can get somebody like that who's draining fifty plus yard field goals like it's nothing, then then it's then you know it's worth jumping one extra round than everybody else would. Yeah. And the Bengals did that, and they drafted a kicker, and they made the right decision to have. A clutch kicker and a clutch quarterback to where you know I've got the ball with 30 seconds left or like Patrick Mahomes, 13 seconds left, and all I need is 13 seconds to make a drive and 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 have your quarterback make the right throws to get your kicker a kick. That's pretty insane. So yeah. I'm excited, buddy. Where were you? Where would you watch the game at? At home. You are at home? I was at home. Nice. Watched it by myself at home. I loved it. I was invited uh, to a place to go out to like this restaurant slash bar, and my friend texted me and he asked me. And he's like, "Come up to this this place." I was like, "It's gonna be a zoo." He's like, "Yeah." He's I'm like, like yeah. "I'm like, I, no, I don't want." Number Do you... one, I'm trying to make sure I get through my basketball season without getting COVID. I'm trying my best. Right. And then number two, I especially for Bengals games. People are so insufferable to me. Yeah. I am not a Bengals fan at this this level that a lot of people are. And so I don't like to have people screaming and jumping around me and stuff like that. I just yeah. I, I don't watch games like that. Yeah. And especially because I'm not I love that the Bengals are where they're at. It's very exciting. I'm more into it now than I normally would be. But it's I, I just I don't like to be in the really loud, crowded environment where everybody's screaming and you know, and when they make a bad play, people are so distraught and throwing stuff or cussing or whatever. I'm like, I don't want to. I want to. I want to watch the game and yeah. just be calm and be. You know. So anyway, um, very nice of of my uh, of my buddy to invite me out. But I'm at. You know, I'm just I'm holding off on that. But anyway, where where did you watch it? Uh, my brother-in-law's house. We okay. had a birthday party for the nephew and. Uh, 
we were over at the over at the in-laws house so combo party yeah nice. yeah a little combo party yeah it was uh it was good man the boy got the boy into baseball cards recently i think we talked about this yeah. already and he got like he got baseball cards from like seven different of his aunts and uncles and cousins and everybody else like he had baseball cards galore and the best part is he always wants me to open them with him uncle chris uncle chris will you open these cards with me uncle chris uncle chris come here so it's fun for me to open with eight-year-olds. Well, he just turned nine. Uh, my son's eight. It's fun for me to open cards like that because they love opening cards, trying to read the names. They know the big ones, right? They know Juan Soto. They get a Soto. They get a Tatis, uh, Guerrero Jr., Trout. Uh, Trout, exactly. If they get a Votto, stuff like that, they know. Or if it's like some kind of sparkly card, they know they got an insert. They're, they get pumped about that. But then... They go back upon their business, which gives me my time to do what I love to do, which is sort the baseball cards and put them where I want them and make sure they're all in order. <laughs> do everything the way I want that to be done. <laughs> put them in the sleeves. How I, I will put it in the sleeves. I got it, buddy. I got it. I got, no, 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 no. It's all right, buddy. I'll, I'll put it in. I'll put it in. I'll put it in. You'll be all right. I get it. I get it. So, uh, yeah, we had, we had a great time, man. It was good. I actually so, – so, so the second game of the day was, was Green Bay. Yep. Right. Aaron Rodgers uh, comes out, takes the opening kick, marches straight down the field. Did you watch this game at all? I didn't. I saw highlights. OK, so Aaron Rodgers comes out, marches straight down the field, scores a touchdown like it was easiest thing I've ever seen in my life. And and the Packers were probably a huge favorite over the 49ers, right? Uh, I don't know if it was huge. I want to say it was five or six, maybe. I mean, yeah, it, it was probably huge. Yeah. I mean, big for big for that high of a, for that kind of a playoff game. So. That, so he drives straight down, and I'm like, well, I'm done with this. So I go down in the basement, and I start watching Jamar Chase, and uh, I start watching Joe Mixon's uh, press conference. I start taking in all the different things that's going on in Cincinnati on the news. I'm watching everything there. Get done with that. I go upstairs. Like I said, I helped a boy open some baseball cards, sorted them, put them in things. Walk back into the, walk back into the living room. It's the third quarter. And it's seven to three, and I'm like, "What is going? What happened? I thought this was going to be a blowout. No, seven to three, come down, unbelievable." And and San Francisco takes the takes gets the dub against Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers leaves freezing cold, you know, the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field, and it was one of those days. The snow was coming down, the wind was howling, and Aaron Rodgers couldn't do it again. Gets bumped out of the out of the playoffs. Now Aaron Rodgers. The biggest thing about this is he uh, he was a holdout at the beginning of the year. Right. He's the MVP of the of he still was the MVP. They were the number one seed in the NFC, and he's done. Is Aaron Rodgers done in Green Bay after everything that went down? I at least I think most people I definitely thought he was in the offseason anyway. I mean, we thought for weeks that he it was just a matter of time. Any day he was going to be traded or whatever because he wanted out. He flat out wanted out. He did, he He's a pretty outspoken guy, and he he wanted out. And, and it didn't end up happening, which surprised me. But then <laughs> they were one of the best teams. They were the one league. of the best teams. And he kept talking about how this was one of his – favorite years he's ever had one of the one of the this was the most fun he's had playing football was this year and, and it's after you lose and you feel like your season wasn't what you wanted it to be because you didn't win a Super Bowl especially for him and for that team 
you feel like, okay, usually that's when guys are like, okay, maybe I'm out. We saw it a ton in basketball, yep. you know, when, when stars are getting near the, the end of their careers with a certain team and they start their free agencies coming up or whatever. They're like, okay. And then and they kind of start making their mind up before they even, before the season even ends. I, I feel like though, if he takes a little time and reviews the season, and if he does feel that way, like this was one of his favorite years and he played phenomenal. I mean, he was incredible. It, it makes sense for him to go back there. Why not stay? You still have a really good team. You have an opportunity to get even better in the off season. But here's Why the deal, stay? though. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's that easy. Probably Devontae not. Adams is going to want more money than he wants to be paid. He's going to want to be paid. He's the best receiver in football right now. You know, I mean, stats wise, yeah, behind he's, Jamar Chase. He's good. Well, yeah, no, just kidding. Ser- seriously, I mean, well, Jamar Chase can be rookie of the year, so he's on his heels, right? So, but he's going to want to get paid like that, and you're already paying Aaron Rodgers as the second highest quarterback in the NFL, I believe, behind Patrick Mahomes, who's a half a Billy. So that good night to that half a William. Yeah. So, uh, I don't, I, they're, they're going to lose some people, right? I mean, I don't know how you keep them both without getting rid of a lot of parts and pieces. Does that still make it? You're always going to be a contender when you have an Aaron Rodgers, when you have a Patrick Mahomes, when you've got, uh, you know, even a Josh Allen. I mean, look at you know. I mean, you, these 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 quarterbacks now. You, if you're Tom Brady, if you're you're gonna be in contention, mm-hmm. but you're gonna lose a lot of parts. And if you can't pull it off right now, why not leave and find somewhere that can that can handle you your your money and and give you a decent low cap team around you. That's a good point because his issue all offseason was with the front office, right? He oh, didn't yep. feel like he, he was getting the help or whatever he wanted. And if that's the case, if Devontae Adams goes and if they even lose somebody besides him or in addition to him, if they don't, they're going to have to be really good about drafting, about possibly signing somebody else. They're going to have to get creative and they're going to have to do a really good job of improving this team or at least keeping it at that same level with losing such a big part. It's going to be really hard to do that. And he's going to be, he's already, you know, at his wits end before the season about how they've handled stuff. If that, if that happens, then maybe, maybe the same thing happens this off season that happened last off season. But this time they're, they're going to be like, all right, if he's just going to talk about how much he doesn't want to be here, then fine, get out. So, so then, he, then comes the, the, the deal with Devontae Adams. If you're Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers kicks out, this is your contract year. Mm-hmm. You're Devontae Adams. You're, you want to co- sit there with Jordan Love or whatever they pick up? You just had the best, best, man, best quarterback in the NFL. I mean, he's the MVP. Throwing the ball to you all year. So, yeah, your stats are going to dwindle a little bit. They're going to come down a little bit with any other quarterback, basically. Maybe not any, but... With most of, any quarterback that would that they would end up signing isn't going to be a Mahomes. It's not going to be a, 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 a Josh Allen. It's not going to be a Burrow. You're going to get a Andy you're going to get a Tannehill. You're going to get you're going to get a, something like that. And if you're you know what are you going to do? So if there's a way for them to get to get Aaron Rodgers and call up Devontae Adams and say, listen, the franchise tag's coming up. I'm sticking around. Just sign it. We'll figure out how I got to move my money around to make sure you get your money. 
and we'll all try to make this happen. That'd be pretty insane. I just don't know. I don't see it happening. I was going to say, do you think Aaron Rodgers has that in him? I I don't. I don't. I I think he sees it as a business, and he's going to use it as a business, and he believes that he is a business, and he is. That's the truth. It is. I mean, if you want to win, if you if winning is more important than anything, and you're going to be like Tom Brady, Tom Brady, you know, constantly was restructuring his contract, not taking the. Well, I mean, take he took. Well, don't get me wrong. He was making big money, but. You know, I don't think Tom Brady, if I'm not mistaken, has ever been the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Maybe not. Because you're and, right. He, he did several times. And to make that. sure that he had an offensive line and all the things around him, right? Yeah. So Tim Duncan did the same thing. To keep, exactly. To keep those guys because back. those guys, that's what they want, right? They want championship rings. Right. And plus and he's got, got Giselle. Between him and Giselle, I'm sure they're over a billion. You know what I mean? Sure. Of course. So money's at that point in time. But Aaron Rodgers, listen, man, there ain't, he's got no – obviously, he doesn't think the front office cares about him, so he doesn't care about the front office. Show me the money. If you ain't going to show me the money, I'm going to kick rocks. And, so. and to the front office, they get, they're going to be like, we can show you the money, but we can't show anybody else the money if we yep. show you the money. That's exactly so right. So what do you want to do? do you you want to look like Joe Burrow with a yeah. ton of grass stains all over your jersey? Or do you want to Or do you want to be Aaron Rodgers and restructure – or not restructure, but, but – Work this thing out and, and stop being who you are. I don't know how that's going to work out, but they're gone. So San Francisco is now playing the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. Matt Stafford not only wins his first playoff game, but he wins his second playoff game. This man is on a roll. We've got people talking about this is this might there Dan Orlovsky said he's the best quarterback left in the playoffs. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, Matt Stafford has been yeah, a great quarterback for a very long time on a really, really bad teams. So, here we are. Matt Stafford looking good. OBJ, who do you got in the in the uh, NFC Championship game? Our boy Whitworth I, is still over there. Yeah. Pushing people around at the age of 40. Talk about Tom Brady. I mean, what Whitworth has done in his career is probably more impressive than what Tom Brady has done. He yeah. is he is an all-pro lineman at the age of 40. You're not just back there having rules made to protect you. You're in the trenches yep. for all those years. Yeah. Yeah. I, really impressive. He's he's And you're right. He's starting and playing all game at 40 years old as an offensive lineman with a ton of wear and tear on his body. At left tackle. At left tackle. And 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 playing at a at a an all pro level, yeah, um, yeah, really impressive. Uh, Cincinnati loves Andrew Whitworth, and, well, absolutely, uh, yeah. So, uh, I you know, it, certainly on paper, it seems like the Rams. I'm sure they're going to be favorites in this. Um, it, it's the 49ers are sort of like the Bengals to me in that early in the season they were at a at a point. I think they started. I don't remember what how bad their record was at its worst. But they were a team for a while that looked like, and eh, this is going to be a mediocre 49ers team. And then in the second half of the season, they have played really, really well. Uh, their defense has been great. They, uh, they just uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is not a Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes level guy, but he's he he gets the job done all the time. I mean, he's just he's there's, just winning games. There's still talk there's still talk of if he loses the NFC championship, he may lose his job. Like yeah. they got Trey Lance sitting back there waiting and I mean, who says Trey Lance is going to be any better than what you get out of Garoppolo? Plus, you know what I think it is? 
I think all the wives of all these front office people out there in San Fran are just drooling over him. He's he a good-looking boy. He, he might be the most attractive person in sports. He's a good-looking dude. He's so good-looking. He's a good-looking dude. Uh, was, it, was it Aaron Andrews or somebody? It was a few couple years ago, and, and he uh, he walked over to do the last interview, and he made a little comment, and she made a little comment, and he just looked at her and, like, and like glided away with this, like, glare, and she turned around and was, like, red and like almost giggly it was the funniest thing i've ever seen in my entire life he probably do, does that all day long i don't know if he's married or has a girlfriend or what but he could probably flirt with anybody he wants yeah and and make their day absolutely um anyway i you know i would love to see i think because partially because they're an underdog and because the 49ers are the favorite team of one of my favorite comedians um I, I'm going to root for the 49ers. <laughs> I'll never root for the 49ers as long as I live. Uh, It'll never happen. Because of the 89 Super Bowl? Because of, it, well, you have 88, 88 and you have 80. I, I mean, yeah. they lost to them. The two times the Bengals were in a Super Bowl, they lost to San Francisco. Right. How could anyone ever like San Francisco if you're from Cincinnati? Yeah, different team, you know. It's different always team. a different team, but that doesn't mean. Three, three that's decades, like the Dodgers. Three decades later. I still don't understand how Reds fans like the Dodgers. How can you live in Cincinnati and like the Dodgers? I love, I love this Dodgers team. I do love this Dodgers <laughs> team. I loved it when uh, with Kershaw and Scherzer. Now that Scherzer's gone, I don't know. We'll see. But, no, that's, you know, that's the rivalry that was there forever, right? So, uh, I mean, Joe Mantana, John Taylor, they're not walking out of the. They're not walking out of the tunnel. I think we'll be all right there. Yeah. But if we did have to play, it would be fun to get out there. Like, all right, here we go. You know, and finally, third get time's one. a charm, baby. Let's get one on the. Let's get a chip off of, off of the boys that took us down so many times. If no. I have to, if I have to bet, I have to go with the Rams. I'm probably going to root for the Niners just just for fun. I I I like the Rams too. I. I Hopefully it'll be a fun game. Hopefully it'll be a game similar to all four games that we had I think this past it will. weekend. Yeah, I think it will because uh, San Francisco's defense is phenomenal and it'll keep that high-scoring offense down a little bit and and give Garoppolo a chance. Like they, that's what they do. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting. So so then we've got uh, let's we'll just do this one real quick because there's only one play. There's only one thing that even matters in this, right? In the in the uh, Kansas City Buffalo game, have you did you watch that one? I didn't. I watched the other two games. So okay, I watched so you watched game and the Tampa Bay Tampa game. Tampa Bay game. Okay, but I saw all the all the highlights and everything. I know what happened. In so you game. saw Tom Brady, Tom Brady, who come out came out yesterday after the game and said, "Listen, it's too close to the game. Just got over. I got a lot of thinking to do. I don't know what's going on right now. All I can think about is this game." And then today or yesterday, he was on his podcast with Jim Gray and Larry Fitzgerald, and and basically was like, "Listen, Giselle's scared every time I go out there. She cringes every time I get hit." I have to be, uh, you know, I have to be a husband to my wife and a father to my kids. I'm, and they said, uh, he said he was satisfied with the season. Would you ever think you'd hear Tom Brady say he was satisfied with the season that he didn't win a Super Bowl? Never. And I, because of what you said there and about his family, I've never heard him talk about that stuff. I mean, he's he talks about his family, but. Not like that. Like, nope. hey, I gotta. I'm starting to think about this stuff a little more. And we all know when these guys start talking like that, when they're thinking retirement, it's usually right around the corner. Yeah. Because if you're not 100 percent in, then then you, those type of people have to be 100 percent in to be in. Right. When I heard him say that he was satisfied with the season that they had, I was like, man, that is not Tom Brady. 
That's, That's a different not Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. Yeah. So I wouldn't be – so here we go. The loss of a legacy possibly. If, if Tom Brady retires, I mean, he goes down as the greatest football player of all time. I'm not saying athlete. I'm just saying greatest. I mean, he's got seven. He's got seven rings. He's done it with two different teams. He's been to what ten Super Bowls or something like that. Nine or nine. Is it nine Super Bowls? He lose two. At least was la- I was thinking last year might have been. He 10. lost a few AFC. No, la- last year was his tenth Super Bowl. I was thinking. Yeah. Okay. I think so. So he's got seven and ten. Either way, doesn't matter. It's. I mean, that's just stupid to even think about that stuff, yeah. right? <laughs> so I mean, and then so anyway. So Tom Brady could possibly retire. That happens. We have a whole new goat conversation. We'll probably do some goatish, goatish Mount Rushmores and things like that. But here we are. So 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 Buffalo takes a lead. Okay, they go up by three against Kansas City. Let's just start there. Yeah. Because the rest of the game doesn't matter. Sure. Let's just start there. Let's just talk about the last two minutes. Thirteen of the game. <laughs> seconds left in the game. Yeah. Forget the last two minutes. Thirteen seconds left in the game. Buffalo goes up by three. They don't squib kick, right? Okay? So we all know the squib, right? It's the most annoying thing in football. They kick it down the middle. Somebody touches it. Usually bobbles it, but the clock starts. Two, three seconds, blow a whistle. They give themselves up. Two, three seconds goes by. Three, four seconds even sometimes. Patrick Mahomes makes a throw, and there's three seconds left on the clock, and Harrison Butker, whatever his name is, blows a field goal down (laughs) Down right down the middle to tie the game and go to overtime, and proceed then proceed to win the coin flip, drive down, makes a beautiful throw to Travis Kelsey, wins the game. Uh, which, by the way, all of a sudden everybody's up in arms about the overtime, about overtime, and about that both people not getting the ball. Why does this all of a sudden happen? Just because it happened to Josh Allen? Like, come on, football! The football gods are always going to be on Patrick Mahomes' side. Do you, have you guys not been around for the last four years? He's hosted four sh- since he's been a quarterback. He's never not hosted an AFC championship game. That's insane. Yeah. That's what I wanted to ask you most of of any of these games this past weekend. The uproar about we have to change the overtime, the NFL overtime rules. And and people say it almost every time there's an, there's an overtime game, but it's even louder now because it was such a high stakes game. And because both teams played so well and because Buffalo played so well and Josh Allen played so well, and they wanted to see, him get a chance. They wanted to see both teams get a chance in overtime, and I get it. We would never stop. Josh Allen scored seven straight drives. Like, I mean, it, we would never would have stopped. I'm I'm all for changing the overtime in order to give both teams, both offenses, the ball at least once. But you have to figure out how to do that, and it can't be like the high school or college game. You can't give an NFL offense the, the ball on the, the 20 or yeah, 20 the 40 or whatever. whatever. Even yeah. if you pushed it back to the 40 or 50, you can't do that. That's too much. Yeah, you're automatically at least going to get a field goal because yeah. p- kickers can kick it. McPherson, McPherson can kick a 70-yard field goal if he really needed right. to. Right, right. And, and <laughs> yeah, so you would have to put it like on the opposite 20 or something yeah. like that. go 80 yards. And then give, give them a chance. Yeah, something like that. So – if you figure out something, fine. But until then, these are the rules. It happened. Yeah, I, we would have all loved to see the way they were playing. We would have loved to see exactly. everybody just keep going. If y'all would have won the coin toss, nobody would be talking about it. Today. Man, get out of town. It's been that rule for – it's been this way for – I can't even remember how long it's been this way. It used to just be first one to score, and then they changed it to where if you kick a field goal, the other team gets a ball. Right. Now, I like that, right? Like, yeah, ah, come on, field goal – 
It's too easy. So, come on, man. We've been doing this too long. I'm tired. I don't want. I mean, you change it, you change it. That's fine. But don't, don't all of a sudden go up in arms and change it to this year because of this. I hate that. I hate that. All right. So, last question for this for 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 the football stuff. So, oh, by the way, what was your 49ers Rams? I don't care. I, I don't want to face any. I, at this point in time, everybody kept asking me after the Bengals game was over, who would you rather face? Who would you rather face, uh, uh, Buffalo or, or Kansas City? I got neither. Right. I literally would not. I don't want to face anybody at this point in time. There's only fantastic football teams left yeah. in this. So there's literally only four teams left. I don't want to face anybody. How about that? Okay, then what is your prediction for Bengals, Chiefs, and how do you feel – the week 17 win Bengals win against the chiefs factors into this. Does it at all? Is it going to be a completely different game? And we shouldn't even think about that game. Can uh, I, what is your take on this upcoming game and how much, how much stock we should put into the week 17 game? I, I mean, there's always stock put into it. Both teams have seen each other, man. You're giving Andy Reed a second chance. Right, that's scary as all get out. That's yeah. super, super scary. He's going to come out. He showed you a lot, but he one hundred percent has more left. There's going to be some trickery. There's going to be something goofy that comes out early, and and the Bengals defense has been playing really, really good football throughout this playoff. So you just have to to hope they continue. And this this offense has got to. I, I got this offense has got to do a little better. Burrow's got to get the ball out of his hands faster. He's got to make quicker decisions. Don't get me wrong. When I mean the guy still makes he still makes things happen. Mm-hmm. But because it's almost like the Patrick Mahomes thing. It's killed him before in the past too. It, earlier in this season, they started off slow, and everybody was saying, "Well, Mahomes is just holding on to the ball too long and he's running." Because you know you have the ability to make that play, even when everything breaks down. Sometimes you can't get it out of your head that you are that great and you can make something happen and it doesn't happen. You have to live to fight another day. We're in the playoffs now. You know what I mean? There's time, There's a time to hold on to the ball and make things happen, and there's a time to get rid of it. And between those two quarterbacks, I'll be interested to see how that, which one that, go, which one that, that works for. Because there's going to be at least one 15-yard sack in this game. I don't know who it's going to be against, but Patrick Mahomes runs around just as much as Burrow does. So – Somebody's going to get More. a 15-yard sack. Yeah. But but Burrow or, or Mahomes usually finds a hole and goes that way. Yeah. Uh, usually the pocket is collapsing around Burrow and he's like scrambling around Crap. like where yeah. am I going? Yeah. I don't know why I don't know what you do. Do you run more naked bootlegs and like get him out of the pocket and let him throw? Do you sometimes he just needs to step up. A couple times he missed stepping into the pocket. He got a little he got rushed quick and he missed stepping up and Sometimes he just started running backwards. I mean, it's it's hard. To, I mean, it's hard when you've got when the when you snap the ball and the and there's the a guy right, right on there. you. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they missed. There were guys like they they had like four guys that were untouched that yeah. came at him. So you can't do anything about that, right? I know right. that. But there is a little something to it. So it's going to be interesting to see. I I think the Bengals have proven they can play with anybody. I'm nervous. I'm super nervous, dude. I can't. I can't believe. I just can't believe we're here. Can I tell you something? So I'm hugging my brother-in-law after it's all over, mm-hmm. and he looks at and he's I'm holding on to him, and he goes, "Oh man, I think I might cry." And I said, "I'm already there." <laughs> and we turn around, and 
my, our wives are just laughing at us. I mean, it wasn't like I'm bawling my eyes out, right? But you know, you get a little, you just get a little tear. You just get a little tear. A little bloodshot. Listen, last time that happened, man, I was five years old, black and or black, yeah, black and orange face paint at grandma's house on McHenry. You know what I mean? I still yeah. got all the pictures. Yep. Never forget it. Never forget it. That's funny. Actually. I have forgotten it. I just remember the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I actually remember we were at my my parents had had close friends that they hung out with all the time, and we were at their house for that Super. Really, eighty eight. It was the eighty nine Super Bowl. I guess eighty eight. Well, eighty eight. It was the eighty eight season. Yeah. Um, so, as a matter of fact, I think it was like the day after my seventh birthday. Really, I think it was January twentieth yeah. at Joe yeah. Robbie Stadium in Miami. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly right. And. I, I, I remember being at their house for it, I believe, because I remember because Stanford Jennings ran that kickback, and I just remember like we were down in the basement playing and watching it or whatever, and we w- went upstairs after that happened. And We used to pop balloons. I do remember popping balloons. Every time the Bengals score, we pop a balloon over Grandma's house. Oh, wow. And we had all kinds of orange and black balloons everywhere, face paint galore. Everybody was ready to go. That was back when everybody loved the Bengals. Yeah. Yeah, and then I And we I, were just coming off Paul Brown and all that stuff, right? So, you know, you're we actually had... We had a tradition. <laughs> yeah. And, and let me ask you this. What is your feeling? We've probably spoken about this on this podcast before in the past. What is your feeling about the Fairweather fan, the bandwagon fan? I mean, are you like, hold on, if you haven't been with the Bengals all along, don't don't jump on now. Why why would I why would anybody I hate that. Thank I you. can't stand man, if somebody is rooting for your team, let's eat Listen, don't get me wrong. There's there uh, Xavier happens with me with Xavier all the time, right? I know who the real Xavier fans are. If I can say the name, uh, I don't know. Uh, now, now I'm, I'm trying to think of like her, her, uh, uh, Hawkins. What's his name? Anyway, I'm just trying to think of like a role player from the early '90s, right? Sure. If I can say Jamal Walker to you, you know what I mean. Do you know who I'm talking? You wouldn't know who it was if it wasn't for me running around as a little kid yelling Jamal, Jamal off the wall, give me the ball, <laughs> Walker. You wouldn't even remember it. Nobody would. But those are the things. Like, and then so like you talk to somebody and they're like, "Oh, you got Xavier shirt on. Hey, how you doing, man? Oh yeah, go Muskies." And like, yeah, be like, yeah, man. I just, we gotta get Freeman playing a little better, man. He just hasn't he hasn't started really clicking since he got hurt. And they're like, which which one is he? And it's like, uh, all right, never mind, never mind. All right, we get it. But oh, uh, never mind. But yeah. it's all good. I love it still. Cheer yeah. for him. Cheer for him. Sure. I don't understand why people. Don't want, like, why would you, oh, well, I've been a fan. I went to every single, I don't care if you, good man, that's just dumb. They sucked. You know what? I still loved them. I watched a game, but they sucked, bud. I could figure out better things to do than watch Bengals suck. There, yeah, there are only two teams that I can, that I can say, no matter through whatever lean years they've had, I'm still a, a big fan of. The Bengals aren't one of them. Sure. I, I was a huge yes back in in when in eighty eight eighty nine those and you know you were Icky Woods for their, absolutely I was Icky Woods for the for, for Halloween for Halloween and um and yeah and we got Bengals helmets and jerseys and stuff for Christmas and uh, you know even even into a couple years after that and then through the nineties from like the mid nineties to until Carson Palmer was there and they started winning for twelve years. They were the worst team in professional sports, maybe, for a consistent amount of time. And they were so bad for, for that long that I lost the I, I lost whatever emotion I had tied to them. And 
now, I, I mean, I feel great. I love what, to see them win. You're a I, Bengals fan. Sure. You're still a Bengals fan. I am. But it doesn't, when they win, I don't feel like I probably would have when I was a kid and mm-hmm. I was so into it. And and when they lose, I, I'm, I'm doing other stuff on Sunday. Yep. It's fine. And uh, so, anyway, I – I am a fair weather Bengals fan. I am a bandwagon Bengals fan. Whatever you want to call me is fine, but I'm enjoying this now. Come but sit next it, to me, bud. You'll be all right. Come on, fun, sit yeah. on over here. We'll we'll have a fun ride together. It is it is funny, and we're on the same page because because with the Reds and with Elder, I've sat through a lot of really bad years, sure, <laughs> and bad games, and and but I still go and I still love them and I still I, I have all my you know I'm I'm invested there still. So but. When the Reds make the playoffs, when in 2012 mm-hmm. or what, 2013, last time they made the playoffs, you know they, we or well, two years ago when they made the the one one game playoff, um, I'm I'm excited. I, I'm glad that everybody else is jumping on. Yeah, come on, man, let's on. cheer them on. I love and, it. And it is it is funny to have a conversation with people, just like you said, you know, with the you know, and and especially the people that are like. You know, you mention the Reds, or they see you with a shirt on, or whatever, and they want to talk to you. But then they go, "Oh, I hate, I hate Joey Votto. He's always hurt." Yeah, my favorite. <laughs> he hasn't been, he hasn't he hasn't been, been hurt, hurt for eight yeah. years. What my favorite. About? My favorite is like, like say, say, you, if I got a red shirt on today, and a guy come up to me and be like, "Oh yeah, man, I'm really excited to see uh, Trevor Bauer. He won the Cy Young, right? I can't wait to see him back on the mound." Like, hey, bud, it's been a couple years, and he beat up a beat up a girl and. <laughs> Choked her with her own hair and all kinds of other really weird stuff, dude. I think you're a little far behind. <laughs> Those are always really funny, and you're like, but but I, like you, like you said, you're you just like, okay, now yeah. I know where this person we is. Know I'm not going to get stand. into an in-depth conversation. Yeah, we're not going to sit here and talk about about Billy Hamilton trying to steal bases. Well, if it's worth <laughs> I having love him in the Billy league. Hamilton, yeah, right? exactly. And I was such a Billy Hamilton apologist, and I loved him, but he hit, but you 180. understood, <laughs> he hit 180. <laughs> But he saved so many runs in the field. Well, that's true. That is true. And I, here's if you want to talk though. about that, let's but, talk about that. No, but so, that, Billy Hamilton, but that I'm makes, telling you. But those conversations are good ones. If a guy comes up to me and tries to tell me that Billy Hamilton should be, you know, batting third and starting the all-star game. Starting the all-star game. We got <laughs> Yeah, all right. But I don't think that we're on the same – I don't think we're quite on the same page. No. So, anyway – that's the most we've ever talked about football on this podcast without Andre without Edwards. Without Andre Edwards. <laughs> but that's how awesome this is, man. Yeah. This is really fun for the city. I'm, I'm pumped up. Uh, I, I'm, I'm ready for it. And it's fun to see the swagger this team has. Mm-hmm. None of this – there's no – like, you know, when, when Dalton was there, it almost looked like deer in the headlights sometimes, right? Palmer was here. You got the feeling they were going to get – that, that it was going to happen. Then he gets rolled up on – and and that goes to hell and back. But and the rest is history with Carson Palmer. Yeah. But this dude Joe Burrow, staring people in the eyes and looking directly at them after that first one, and they talk about the history and do you understand what this is? And and he goes, listen, I, everybody's making a big deal about this. This is the norm. This is just the first round. Like this is the norm for us to come out and win a playoff game. I plan on doing this every single year. Yeah. And Jamar Chase the other day, oh, my gosh, Jamar Chase is just as cocky as Joe Burrow. By the way, greatest – he's talking and he's like – they asked him about that last play where he ran that, that uh, out pattern to get right past – they need to put those red field goal – you know, like the, 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 the max field goal line that they need to get to yeah. to kick a field goal. Like, I love that. They need to put those on the actual field. I mean, we're – it's 2022, <laughs> right? Make it happen. So – 
he runs out, you know, step in front of that thing, and, and they're talking to him about it. And he's like, you know, I had that dig route, and I stuck him and stuck into the right, and, you know, I had him right where he wanted. He was where he's supposed to be, but it was where I wanted him. And I kicked it, kicked it, racked it, moved it, and he starts going into all this. Like, he got in-depth on his route. And it all ended up with – and Joe just knew what I was going to do. We didn't have to talk about it, and the ball's there, and that's how the rest is history. And it was, he was just like, we're ready on, man. There nothing, nothing is worth it unless we win the Super Bowl. It's like, holy cow, that's insane to hear that as a Bengals fan. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's another from, I think it was like maybe five or six weeks ago, um, or maybe five or six weeks, like from the end of the season into the, anyway, Cooper Cup, after he caught a pass late in the game to win a game for them, he did the same thing. I and he, love he, that. He like broke down the defense, yes. like not very many people. And you don't understand, understand what he's saying. Right. Like he's on my inside hip. He played me right where he should be, but I don't, and, and Ch- yeah. Chase is like, you know, but I had him where I wanted him. And then when I got out and I stuck that hip, jotted it out, he knew, fed him off. He came inside. I jot out right. You know what I mean? And yeah, I'm like, yeah. what in God's name is, I'm saying jotted and jutted, but he's using <laughs> yeah. like football terms. I hit the zipper out and then yeah. he, he came, <laughs> safety came over, but then I went under. Anyway. Um, yeah, it is, it is really fun to, to listen to those guys talk about that. Um, my only thing with the with Joe Burrow and 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 the offensive line and everything is, you you can't give up nine sacks in this game. You no. can't do that two weeks in a row and expect to win both weeks. Now, what's bigger to me than giving up the sacks, as far as sure, that's not going to help you win the game. But every single time that happens, you are there's another chance for what happened last year. Yep. To happen again, you, yep. you have to get that. Look, you're not going to fix it this year. They can play a little bit better than they did last week, but that's it. You're going to have to have another off season of trying to revamp that whole thing. Yep. So, so you're stuck now with what you have. But every time that happens, there's another opportunity for him to get hurt. Maybe it's a knee. Maybe it's something else. But that, and if he's not out there, I don't care if you have six Jamar Chases out there. You don't have Joe Burrow Brand, out there. Somebody still got to throw it to him. That's right. You better hope Joe Mixon has the game of his life because that's the only way you're winning a game. Right. And I hope the offense, every offensive lineman on that offensive line has the game of their life this week because it's going to take that. There was I a, think it's going to take There that. was a picture a guy showed me the other day, and it's it was a uh, – I think it was on the tweeter, and it was uh, like Chase, Boyd, and Higgins you know, spread out. And Joe Burrow in the shotgun standing next to Joe Mixon, and they they were able to like white out the the offensive line and turn it into looking like the field. So it just looked like it was it just looked like it was the five of them against against the uh, the Titans, and that was pretty good. Did you see the Cincinnati Police Department put out a tweet? Uh, yeah, We're putting a uh, uh, be on the lookout B O L O for the for the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, lord, that was good stuff. Yep. All right, all right. Let's get out of this. Page here. Um, the Hall of Fame, the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. When the when the ballot came out, we talked about who was on the ballot, who was like you mentioned early on in this pot in this episode. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, their last year. Kurt Schilling as well. Last year on the ballot yep okay and then you have the whole thing with the veterans committee and all that stuff later on but last time for the baseball writers to be able to vote you in need 75 percent to get voted in so i before you get too far how many people made it in just tell me how many well don't tell me who they are just tell me how many okay one did one okay is it was he a first ballot hall of famer yes 
So then I'm going to say this, right? So here's what I'm going to say. So you already know who it is. So if you have tested positive for steroids in your career and you become a first ballot Hall of Famer, how can two guys be held out for taking steroids? Was David so David Ortiz is the is the one who was his first year on the ballot and he got he got voted in with seventy seven I think it's like yeah seventy seven point nine percent so don't pretty, get me wrong close but I love David Ortiz one of my all time favorite ba- baseball players and and I love think him. when we talked about the ballot when it, when it came out I think we both agreed that he was the guy hundred percent that should be on or he should he deserved it so. He got on, so he he did test positive. I I you don't remember that? So yeah, many he guys, tested positive. It was it was, was when, so much talk about sure, who but did this was did. it came out. It was from like a year or two before, but a sample the it it it, came, it got leaked or whatever. You know, it's supposed to be one of these old samples that nobody ever saw anything about whatever, and it came out. And he did the Andy Pettit thing, man. He jumped up on the mic, took it like a champ, apologized. I'll never do it again. Rules are the rules. I understand where I'm at. Boom. Wins another World Series later on and does everything he does later. He played for another seven years after that, and and here he is now. So that's why. Is that why? Is that why he 100%. 100%. Because of how he handled Because that. he walked up to the mic and said, I screwed up. And, and A-Rod, will, A-Rod has the best chance of some of these guys because eventually he finally did admit it. It took him five, six, seven times a testing positive but <laughs> it was alex rodriguez's first year on the ballot as well and what was his clear clear hall of famer clear hall oh, of famer, absolutely 34.3 percent what 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 did bonds end up at 66 he was second highest he was second high so that he didn't get much more because he was like 64 or something the year before wasn't he uh i think so we've done this so many times and, and, and clemens was at 65.2 so they were second and third highest but Neither one of them made uh, made it. Kurt Schilling, fifty eight point six. He's done. Now he's got one more year after this, though. Done. Or is he done this too? Is it. That, that was, was it, it too. Yeah, that was it for him. So Manny Ramirez, who I think is a, I think is a surefire Hall of Famer to I don't, me. As I well. don't know that he's surefire. I think he, I think he's a Hall of Famer. I don't know about surefire, but that's a guy again who got busted multiple times for steroids. I mean, he had to. I believe it was right because it's it was fifty games and then a hundred games and then a full season. Wasn't yeah. that? Isn't that how that? Did he get all those? He got. He was he busted, busted for a, a full times. season. Yeah, he lost an entire season. Well, that's why he gets twenty eight point nine percent of the vote, and he's one of the best right handed hitters of the last thirty years. Hundred um, percent. I got a bunch of Manny. I'll never forget his rookie card, upper deck rookie card. He's sliding into a base, and his helmet's coming off. He didn't have all the dreads and the hair and all that stuff back then. It was just last a clean time cut. he ever slid. And just, I mean, he was fast as lightning. I'm pretty sure he was a 30 for 30 guy his first two years in the league. Maybe. Maybe. Kind of like Tony Gwynn. Or uh, it's kind of like uh, Hanley Ramirez. Remember Hanley Ramirez? Yeah. Hanley Ramirez was a speedster shortstop. Next thing I know, I turn around, he's playing first base. He's hitting 45 home runs yeah, and, and play, two stolen bases. <laughs> and playing first base. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, what is this dude was an unbelievable shortstop. What happened right. here? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so David Ortiz, congratulations to David Ortiz. It's it's still weird to see Alex Rodriguez hardly get votes. Uh, and Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, we've talked about it so many times on this podcast, but we both agree they should be in at so, this point. Uh, yeah, I mean, the big thing for me is is the the fact that Adam's going back. Yeah, I think he's knocked out 40 so far, 
We're well into the podcast. He's got a ways to go. Hopefully he knocks another 20 out to get him to 60 push-ups that he owes. Uh, if you're watching this on the YouTube, you can see his back slowly come up perfectly, perfectly flat. In <laughs> Anyway, that was well done. You pump 20 out? Yeah. Nicely done. Nicely done. Tomato comes back up. We're looking good over here. Take a couple breaths. Um, so, But anyway, um, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. These two were the best of the best before they did all the things they did. And they became that much better, right? Some, Yeah, they did become that much better because of it. I mean, Roger Clemens was prob- is probably the best starting pitcher since World War II. And Barry Bonds is one of the top three players to play baseball since World War II. And... Here we are having this conversation about them not being in the Hall of Fame because of, I don't even want to say it's the fact that they did steroids because I think at this point in time there's a big, uh, the, the, the thought process is just about everybody was doing it, right? Probably 70% of the league was probably doing it. But it was that they did it so much and they, beca- they, they changed their body so much and were already all-stars and became that much more dominant that it stood out. And when you stand out that that big and that bold, man, you're going to draw attention. Sure. You're going to draw attention. And and uh, I said this to you earlier today. As much as I do believe they're 100% Hall of Fame players, I mean, they're Hall of Fame players, there's still a little part of me that's like, man, you're still in the Hall. You're still in the Hall of Fame. You're just in the museum. You just haven't got the – you know, you – you shamed the game enough to not be in the hall. Listen, you're going to be talked about with Shoeless Joe Jackson. You're going to be talked about with the greatest, uh, the the greatest pure hitter <laughs> besides Ted Williams to ever swing a bat in Pete Rose. You're going to be talked about. I mean, that's basically it because those are the only two that are Hall of Famers that aren't in there because of things they did. So I don't I don't know man I you you know it just is what it is to me I don't care I don't really care there was a point in time where the Hall of Fame meant everything to me mm-hmm. I used to read books on it I would I mean I everything on the Hall of Fame how many now, times have you been there three times been there three times three I was once with you well twice with you because we went for Larkin or not Larkin but didn't you come with me for uh, Tony Perez and did you come with me and my dad when no. we did the Tony Perez, um, Sparky Anderson Mm-mm. deal? No. I was not there. Bid McPhee also got inducted. Oh, and Marty. Right. It was it was so Carlton Fisk got inducted with Tony Perez, right? Mm-hmm. Big red machine in the uh, the seventy five World Series. Uh Sparky Anderson, the coach of the whole thing. Was it Sparky? I want to say it was Sparky. I can't remember who else. Maybe it wasn't Sparky Anderson. Anyway, and Marty Brenneman, but Marty was the one, right? So he got the Ford C. Frick Award, and then Bid McPhee was the old-timer ballot that got it, the old red. So, uh, yeah, then and then when we went, and then one time when I was real, real, real little, but I haven't been back in a very long time. Yeah. Yeah, I went for Larkin. I went for That's Larkin. right. You did go for I Larkin. I wish I, would, I went for Larkin. I wish I would have been there for that. That is one that I really, really, really wish I could have been there for. I can't remember what was going on, but for some reason I couldn't make it. Anyway, I will go for Eric Davis when he gets in. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I will. I, I would like to go for Joey Votto. I'd like to take yeah. Parker out, and when Votto goes in, Votto's got to go in, doesn't he? 
Fado's a Hall of Famer, right? Uh, boy, that's yeah, that's a question. I mean, yeah, we'll have to see what is maybe total, not first ballot. I'm not saying he's a first ballot. Hall it's going to depend by that time how they're voting. I mean, you know, more and more they're voting on. I'm sure like advanced stats and stuff like that, and and, and the advanced metrics. But um, by that time, if they're even more into that, then yeah, he's got a better chance. I think. So if he if he re, if let's say he was his season ended his his uh he retired today but today was 5 years ago and he'd be eligible for the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Is it 5 or 7? Five? 5, right? 5. 5. Like, yeah. So everything he's done comes out. Would he have been he wouldn't have probably made the he probably wouldn't have got in this year. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he's a third fourth ballot kind of a guy. Could be. I feel like he's always going to be right up there. People are going to look at him like, damn, Votto was good, man. And then it's going to always be looked at, and you're going to keep looking. You're going to dude, this dude had more walks. The only person that had more walks in the 2000s was Barry Bonds. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, this cat was special. Yeah. And on-base percentage, that he led the league in on-base percentage like 50 years in a row, it feel like, <laughs> for a minute there. Uh, popped up to – went like – 787 at bats without popping up to the infield. It's all minutia stats, but still, there's a lot of really good stats mixed in there. Yeah. MVP, um, it's the you know that World Series and stuff like that. That's just gonna make it tough if you can just make that one run, man. Anyway, yeah, we'll man. see. Anyway, so what else do you got? You got anything else on the Hall of Fame? It's kind yeah, of a. I think it's pretty much it. That's it. So my boy Ortiz made it. That'd be I like to go. Uh, I'd like to go back see if I can find me some more T's rookie cards. That'd be good. He'll have a fun speech. Oh, he's, he's such know. a charismatic guy. Oh my guy. god, he's gonna be so good. That place is gonna. There's gonna be so many Boston Red Sox fans at Cooperstown for that. Yeah, they love that man. Think No More Garcia Parra will be there. I hope he is. I love No More. I know it. I love No More. <laughs> I had a guy one time tell his kid that I was No More Garcia Parra when I had a Red Sox hat on when I was little. I was, I mean, I was like 20 years old, and I thought that was it was the highlight of my you life. You did. You looked just like him. It was the highlight of my <laughs> life. Especially then. Yeah, it was the highlight of my life for sure. After church. Because, <laughs> you know, I had to pop a hat on as soon as I walked out of that place. Sure, I can't believe you didn't wear one in there. Uh, I probably did and got yelled at by mom to take it off. More than likely. More than likely. All right, so what are we doing next here, brother? Man, we have got – I mean, we've we've spent so much time conversating about the NFL and a little bit less but still a decent conversation about the Hall of Fame there. Uh, we could go on and on about the next topic, and that's the Mount Rushmore of coaches. I love this. I love this. There's yeah. – this list goes on and on. There are some unbelievable – coaches and the stats that are out there for some of these guys this was hard this is tough buddy it's really tough yeah so i'm because of how tough it was let's let you go first i'm gonna let you i'm gonna let you kick it off uh there's a guy number one for me i have an actual number one who you got greg popovich right no wow okay okay i'm not even sure if i'm putting him on my mount rushmore and yes i am a diehard greg popovich guy Okay. Number one for me is John Wooden. I I, I love 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 John Wooden. Um, I, the I, the the stat what was it thirteen straight or something? What what was the ridiculous UCLA stat? Ten in twelve years. Ten in twelve years. Yeah. And they went. I mean, they in, in those twelve years they probably lost twelve games. Yeah. I mean, they uh, they 
were so dominant for two decades almost. Um, it was crazy, and he was the orchestrator of the whole thing. And, I mean, now he probably wouldn't last very long because he had a specific way to do everything. Yeah. He, he's, the, he's the author of The Pyramid of Success. All right, there's a whole if – you, if you've never seen The Pyramid of Success or heard about it or, or anything, buy the book. I'm telling you, pay the money to buy the book. It's not expensive, but just – um, it, buy the book, read it. It will make you feel like you want to be a better person, and, and because it's he incorporates basketball into it, but the whole thing is about being the best possible human being. Yeah, and it's just so cool to read the whole thing. And he he's got the the, the foundation, the bo- the blocks on the bottom, and then everything builds up and then gets to the top. So anyway, and I can still recite the the his definition of success, um, and, and it's okay. It's very cool. So, so do it. No, you can't tell me that you can recite his definition for success, success and then not do it. Success is peace of mind, which is a direct result of self-satisfaction and knowing you did your best to become the best that you are capable of becoming. That's success. So, man, is that we, now we all know? We now we all know what Adam woke up and Adam wakes up. He goes in, he brushes his teeth, and there's that little thing stuck on his mirror, on mirror. and he repeats it four or five times a day like uh, Mick Smiley or whatever that guy's name is who was talking to Michael Jordan on Saturday Night Live. What was that oh, called? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I'm a, ah, doggone man. it. I'm a good person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> doggone it. People like People it. Stuart like Smalley. Stu Smalley. Is that right? Yeah. Um, anyway, so so any, he's just his, – his methods were – crazy by today's standards because he had you had to wear your uniform of a certain way you had to tie your shoes a certain way he taught them how to tie their shoes if you didn't do it that way you couldn't you you, you had to do it the correctly or you were out there was bill walton is famously you know uh he was a hippie and he you know had yep he was totally the opposite kind of guy as John Wooden. John Wooden was a super conservative, never cursed in his life, any of that kind of stuff. And and Bill Walton's going and and smoking peyote at the at the <laughs> Hang, uh, hanging war, out with Phil Jackson. Yeah, at the war uh uh more well oh 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 whatever uh, protest, protest or whatever. Um. So anyway, so so do you smoke peyote? Is that what you do? I have no idea. Hmm. I just said that. Um. I think so. Isn't that like? Isn't it a cactus or something like that? I don't know. It's some kind of plant. Something out west. I know that. Yeah. Something in the desert. So anyway, so Bill Walton comes in, and he, I guess his hair is too long or something like that. Or no, he he didn't shave. He didn't shave. He liked to grow the beard, right? So he had some stubble or something one day. He came to practice at UCLA, and and he said, hey, hey, Bill, uh, you got to go shave. You can't, you can't come out and practice until you shave. You're supposed to be clean shaven. And Bill decided that was the day he was going to stand up and for what he believed in, and that was his whole thing. And he's like, Coach, I don't believe I should have to shave. I think I can, I think I can perform and, and do all that kind of stuff. He said, I, I don't think I should have to do that. And, and John Wooden said, Bill, uh, I really, really love you. You're a big part of this team, very important piece of this team, and we're really going to miss you. <laughs> Bill Walton went back to his dorm, shaved, and came right back. To <laughs> I'm, I bet you there was a phone call to mom somewhere in between there. Because I could see Bill Walton being the kind of guy that would leave practice and go back to his dorm 
and be like, I'm not, you know, I don't be that. He wants me to do that. I'm telling him now, man, this is how I am. Called mom. You believe he kicked me out? Boy, you knew what you're getting into when you signed with the greatest team, the greatest coach ever. When you decided to go there, boy, you better shave that face, get your butt back in there. And would you get some better knee braces because your knees are going to be really bad in the future. <laughs> yeah, and your back's going to be even worse. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, John Wooden, everything he stood for and, and how successful he was as far as winning games and all that kind of stuff, he's number one for me. Um, I'm throwing Red Hour back on there. Chris, you know I'm going to have four basketball coaches here, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, you know, they're, they're – you're, you're, That's you're the other one. Bear yeah. Bryant's and Vince Lombardi's and those guys. And, you know, and in baseball it's even harder, to be honest with you. I wrote down Lou Pinella and Bobby Cox because in my lifetime, those are my two favorite sure, guys. Sure, Bobby Cox was good. Bobby Cox uh, is is well, he did a lot. I, I, Bobby Cox for me would be close. But you got your Connie Max and a couple other like old time guys that are so. Yeah, yeah you know what ahead. I'm talking about. Yep. So, but anyway, Red Auerbach was was the reason that the Celtics dynasty and legacy is what it is. Um, he was, he you know he drafted Bill Russell, who was the the biggest reason besides uh, Red Auerbach for the success in the 60s. Um, and he won. They won not So they won 11 championships in 13 years. And for nine of them, Red Auerbach was the head coach of the Celtics. Uh, then he gave up. He hired the first, the first black head coach, which was Bill Russell, when Bill Russell was still playing. Was still playing. Um, had the uh, drafted the first ever black player in the NBA. Red Auerbach did. Had the first ever black starting five. Um, he was an innovator, uh, w- you know, with integrating so basketball. I'll tell you, I'm trying to hold back. It's so hard. Keep I'm sorry. Going. No, keep there, going. There, there no, are stories going. about them traveling to, uh, like, on buses to road games and stopping at restaurants in the 60s and, and, you know, restaurant owners saying those guys can't. You guys can come in; those guys can't. And Red Auerbach says, "Screw ya, we're all out of here." Uh-huh. Um, and, and he, you know, he and and Bill Russell were super, super close for the rest of Red Auerbach's life. And um, I read that there's a there's a, a biography about him. I read that it, it's Red Auerbach is sort of like John Wooden. wasn't the same exact kind of guy, but. Um, super successful and loved his players, loved yeah. his players and connected with them like Greg Popovich does very mm-hmm. well. Uh, Red Auerbach's number two. I'm going to go much more quick. And, and a guy that a lot of people don't even like, Gino Ariema, I think might be the best college basketball coach, at least on the women's side, maybe of anybody ever. He's up to 11 NCAA championships. I don't know what it, he's been the, the head coach there since night. He's been he, I can't remember if it's at UConn or a head coach since 1985. He still looks like he's, you know, 50, and he's probably 78. But uh, I love him because he now has a jersey for uh, uh, Kobe's daughter that he that, oh, that yeah. they keep there because that's all she ever wanted to do was go to UConn. Play UConn, yeah. I, I mean, the guy is – he he's a tough guy. It doesn't seem like he's, like, super well-liked everywhere all the time, but – he recruits the best players. They love playing for him. He demands their best, and he gets the best out of all of his players, and they win championships constantly, and they're in the Final Four constantly. And and that game has come around a long way. 
Yes. Right? That game's come around a long way. Uh, Pat Summit and him were basically it. It was Tennessee and UConn. There was nobody else. Yeah. Now it's like NC State and Baylor are those two teams, right? South NC Carolina, State, maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, not NC State. South Carolina. Okay. That's that's yeah. who I was talking about, not NC State. The the the, the girl coach there, is, she's – Don Staley? Don. That's her name. I knew it was something like that. Don. She's – that girl's un, like – those kids love that woman. Yeah. And then the 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 girl from Baylor too. But but those seem to be the two teams now that the two young coaches, the two really good really good teams that are coming up. But that reminds me so much of the old women's college basketball, which was Pat Summit and Gino Ariema, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I even wrote Pat Summit's name down for consideration. Um I you know, my last person I want to put on there. He's you got doing it. Phil Jackson, you got Coach K, you got Dean Smith. Yes. It's it's so hard, and you got Greg Popovich, of course. You know what? Here's what I'm going to do because it's his last year, the last year of 45 He's years or whatever it, it gonna is. going to do it. I got to put Mike Krzyzewski on there. That's there you go. So I've you got to put Mike. You went with the basketball, the 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 Mount Rushmore basketball coaches. Uh, I I love it. I think that's awesome. There's this is that's why this is so hard, right? Because you're going to be biased towards whatever sport you're you're into, right? Uh, so everybody you said on that list is is phenomenal. Uh, the Gino Ariema thing, I didn't think about that. Like I didn't get into the woman's side of it when I was doing this, and now that I think about it, that's a that's a good pick. That's a really good pick because they went like they, NCAA championship, and there was like a three-year period they didn't lose a game. Yeah, which is insane. I think they have the two longest. There was like a I think it was like a ninety-game and a seventy-game stretch, and they're both, both UConn. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean that is so insane. It's not even funny. Um, but I'm gonna I'm you know so my thing as you talk about those old guys, and you brought up. Uh, all the stuff with Red Auerbach in the 60s and all that stuff that went down, uh, which is a lot of things that that um, um, John Wooden kind of went through too yeah. when he was when he was at UCLA. That is the one reason why it's hard for me to get like a Bear Bryant or somebody like that because they they weren't they could recruit the best recruits at the time, but they weren't playing against the best competition. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you couldn't play anybody. Like it wasn't just if you, you know, now it's the playing. That's why these sports are so much better now because there's no bias on in it. You know, I mean, there's always bias. Don't get me wrong. There's going to be bias in everything in the world, but everybody gets to play. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, well, he had the first ever black draft pick. He had the first person to ever draft a black guy. Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous, right? Like he wasn't playing the best competition. He didn't get to play against anybody that was out there. So so it's hard for me to go back to those old cats and say those, especially like Bear Bryant's who wouldn't even have somebody like that on their team. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, I went a little more new age outside of one cat. Good. So Nick Saban, what this dude has done in college football is like what Gino Ariema did for the women's game, which I really – I'm starting to think that I need to put Gino on this list. I'm starting I, to come I, around to Gino. I agree, though, that Nick Saban has done a lot for men's football. And yes, for men's football, yeah. for men's football. And did I say women's football? No. Okay, <laughs> I said women's basketball, right? Yeah. All right. Well, he did. Well, Gino. Well, Gino. Listen, Gino could be one of the best coaches in in men's college basketball if he wanted Absolutely. to. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah. For no, no, I was going to say for some reason, but I mean he has his reasons. But he he's in a good spot, 
He doesn't need to leave. He'd be there forever. He's got a job as long as he ever wants. Right. So, uh, so yeah. So I got I I got I got Nick Saban just because the things he's done at Alabama at LSU in college is nobody's ever going to replicate. I mean he's 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 doing everything that anybody could ever do. Bill Belichick. I don't know what it is about Bill. Uh, most people can't stand Bill Belichick, but you know he damn near took another team to the play. <laughs> Actually, he did take another team to the playoffs. Old Matt Jones. So. Uh, I love when he gets down to start doing more push-ups. He's at – so you got 60 out. You need to get 40 more in. We're already an hour and 15 into this. We may not have that much longer. He just knocked out another – how many did you do? 20. Another 20. That's good. So he's got 20 left. Oh, you'll be fine. Knock him out Knock him out the end. I'll be right. So Belichick, just because of – there's something about that Saban-Belichick mindset in the way they coach. It's a lot like Popovich, right, where their players always talk about how they're pretty funny guys and – but they got this dry sense of humor when they talk, and they're they just don't give anything up ever. Right. And they did this thing with Nick Saban and Bill Belichick, where they had the they did their little show, and they got back together after however long. And they show Belichick at Alabama's pro day, and Belichick walks over to Saban, and he's like, "All right, man, who am I looking at here? What what, what am I looking for?" And Saban's like, "35 over there, man. That's the guy. You you I'm telling you right now." That's that's a dude to look at. And they're talking about it and uh Belichick's like, I go up to every single head coach everywhere I go and I and I say, Talk to me about your who you think your best player is here right now. And Saban goes, You're the only coach that does that. Nobody comes up and asks me anything about draft picks. They just go out and then they they go out and they draft somebody and I'm like Phew. If they would have asked me about that kid, I would have told him something totally different. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's a good athlete, but I could have told I would have let him know. And Saban's like, I don't lie to any of those NFL coaches. I tell them how the kid practices. I tell them if he's good, if he's not. You know, just because he's an athlete, you know, that doesn't always translate. So the the mindset those guys have and the memories they have are even crazier. That's what I I still believe to this day. Like Pete Rose, guys like that. Who Pete Rose talks about like in at bat in the middle of June. You know, against a, a last place Pirates team when he was on the second worst Reds team in the nineteen, you know, eighty three or something. Well, he would have been in Philly at that point, I think. Colby, Kent Colby threw me a three yeah. one change up, and I just, <laughs> I, I got, I got the the barrel of the bat on it, but I got a little under it, and I fouled it off because I didn't like the pitch. I, I went ahead and fouled it off, and then. And, and then, came back and the next pitch. Yeah, threw me a fastball up and in, and then pulled it right down the line, and uh, and and pulled a double out. You know, something like that, or he struck me out on a on a three two curveball, or you know, down and in. Like, come on, man, that's crazy. But that's how those guys are. Saban's the same way. Belichick's the same way. They just their memories are the things like they're so intricate. Yeah, I can't remember what I ate yesterday. I can't remember what we talked about ten minutes we ago talk, on this episode. <laughs> exactly. We talk about this all the time, but but I've told the story before. My buddy that I golf with all the time, I mean, little knows what I did on courses eight years ago that I didn't even know I played at. He knows what I did on the fourth hole where I hit my second shot. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, the pin placement was up front and you hit it to the back. You remember that? No, I don't remember that. I didn't even know I've ever played here before. I call him sometimes when people ask me to play golf. And they'll say someplace to go. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll go. And I'll call him and be like, hey, man, did I ever play here before? And he'll be like, yeah, we played there, you know, six years ago and such and such outing. And I'm like, ah, it's a good thing you're here. We play in a golf league at Newman. It's three nine-hole courses. 
We play for 18 weeks. I'm 18 pr- weeks? I want to say, is wow. it 18 weeks? Hold on. That might not be right. I don't know. We play, I don't know how many weeks we play. But whatever it is, it's a long, it feels like forever. It starts in like April and ends in September. It's long. That's probably 18 weeks. Yeah. So, anyway, we play a lot. We play the same course over and over and over and over and over again. And I constantly walk up and go, this goes to the left, doesn't it? Up there goes the left. And he's like, Jesus Christ, are you kidding me, bud? Come on, man. You don't like it. Seriously? I can't. I don't know how to do it. So that's week 17. What are you doing? Exactly. So anyway, uh, those guys are unbelievable. Um, Like what Coach K's done. I don't have Coach K on here. I think I'm, uh, I think, man. You just want to use mine? I want to use, no, I want to use Gino Oriema. I want to use him so bad. I'm putting him on there now. Nice. I'm putting him on there. Uh, I wrote down Phil Jackson, Coach K, John Wooden. Uh, I got I got, thinking in my head of uh, uh, different different guys like you said before with uh, Lombardi and all that stuff. But once again, you're talking about a different era where, don't get me wrong, they're motivators and what they did with the teams they had were phenomenal. But the game was different. I don't I'm not saying he wasn't a good coach. You know, they named the trophy after him for God's sake. Mm-hmm. But you're dealing with a different set of cats. You know what I mean? You're not dealing with the same. Anyway, anyway, I want Sparky Anderson. Nice. And that's more of a bias than anything else. Sure. You know, he went, you know, he he coached probably the greatest, if not the second greatest dynasty of a team ever. And then turned around and did it again in, in Detroit. Went to a couple, won, won, a, won another championship in Detroit. Mm-hmm. I think Sparky Anderson deserves to be talked about with some of the best coaches of all time. Yeah. And then I'm going to go Gino Ariema because I didn't have a fourth and I had a couple guys and I was had a couple guys I was playing around on the phone and you I think you talked me into Gino. I love that nice. guy. I forgot how much I loved him. Yeah. I forgot how much I loved him. Yep. Yep. He's I thought about putting Phil on there. Because when it comes to just being a pure coach of people, that dude what he did with the people he had in what he did with the people he had in in uh, Chicago, Chicago and in L.A. Mm-hmm. when he did that both times was unbelievable. Now, once he got to New York, started doing all that other goofy stuff. I think he's just in his own head and getting old and was tired. Yeah. So, but he, eleven championships, three three peats, three with two three different teams. teams. That's insane. I don't think it'll ever be done again. Yeah. 11, so 11 championships for one coach. That's just, so insane. Yeah. It's insane. Yep. See, now I want to put Phil back on. Like, Phil was my Phil was the one I took off to put Gino on. But, okay. Well, I mean, I was talking about him as my fourth. I mean, they've won the same amount of championships, so. I'm going with Gino, man. There's, I don't know what it is about that dude. There's something about college coaches, too, because I think it's more difficult for college coaches because exactly. they, they have to re redo their I mean their their roster is continuously turning over mm-hmm. and and you're re, not just coaching you're not just going out and and players show up on the field and you coach them it doesn't happen that way you have to go recruit these kids mm-hmm. bring them in and coach it's a it's more difficult to be a college coach than it is to be a I believe a a a professional coach yeah so I give a little bit I'll, maybe that's what puts Gino over the top. That makes perfect sense to me. Perfect sense to me. Excellent. I think we both have good Mount Rushmore's of coaches. 
You could put, you could argue for a million people on these lists, but um, I like both of ours. I like them both. I do too. I'll tell you what, uh, Mount Rushmore of of current New York comics under forty. <laughs> I know talk you talk about Mark Norman. I think Mark well. Norman would be on that one, bud. That was a well done transition there, friend. Just uh, like Mark Norman's transi- transitions, he had quite a few of them. Yes. Quite a few of them. If uh, if anybody got to watch the stand ups. Um, He's got a 30-minute set on Netflix, which uh, which was pretty good. So, I'll, so well, sh- I just got you done. Go, you you, oh, you want me to go first? You go first on this. All right. Uh, so I did laugh. I, I laughed pretty good. So Mark Norman cracks me up just because his voice and the way he delivers. Oh, uh-oh. Oh, are we doing one-handed push-ups now? Okay, no, we're not. No, but he is going to try to knock these last 20 out. And this is because Adam lost to me in the uh, football bet. Uh, three, We pick three teams every week, and he just couldn't couldn't keep it up against the spread. So he is knocking out his last 20. He is done. He has paid his bet off. His 100 push-ups are done. Congratulations, sir. I'm proud of you. we got to get the set up a little bit better in here so you can get in and out. That's okay. Be all right. It's all right. I like it. Uh, so anyway, uh, Mark Norman, um, this started off pretty good. I, I was, I, 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 it started off good, which is, you know, we always talk about starting off good, you know, getting through the middle and then ending really well. And I think he did everything in that case perfectly. I loved, I loved the fact this dude does not. He he doesn't care about saying anything that's going to offend anybody, and his voice is like. Oh, that one's not very good. Uh, you guys aren't gonna like this, but uh, here we go. Comedy, comedy. Just you know, he's one of the comedians that uh, obviously wants to make sure everyone knows. Hey, it's just a joke. Take a big deep breath. But when he said the Trans Am joke uh, was your favorite car, the Trans Am or something, I can't remember how that whole thing went. But that was hilarious. He he went in. He's he said he got in a fight. He got in a, there was a there was a trans woman that started yelling at him uh, after and said he's not funny and she doesn't like him and all this stuff like that and he goes oh yeah well you look like a man <laughs> and, she, and I thought that was funny first off right like and sure. so she says oh my gosh what do you got something wrong with trans people he was like no you got something wrong with comics <laughs> like no you being mean to me I'm just being mean back to you you know what I mean and and I love that because that's how it should be. It should be that if you say something to me, I say something to you. All of a sudden, you're more offended. Man, yeah. you started it. You know what I mean? Don't <laughs> don't come at me if you can't take it. I love that is one of my favorite. Like I don't like any. Don't start talking to me if you're not ready for it. Right? Like I, I'm telling you, you get one one option. Right? You get one chance. Do it again, and I'm gonna start talking. That's how I feel sometimes. Like I like I used to be really really bad. I've definitely gotten better about being mean to people. But anyway. <laughs> The fact of the matter is he's mean not mean, just, you know, <laughs> overly sarcastic maybe. Gotcha. But but the, 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 the thing with Mark Norman is I believe that his delivery will only work for him, and it works perfectly. There's no one else that can deliver jokes. I don't know if it's his voice, if it's his mannerisms. I don't know what it is about him. That just seems slightly awkward. He is. That makes it that much more funny. I think it makes it that much more funny. So I don't know. I like I like Mark a lot. I think this was a good one. I gave it a 
four point one. Okay. All right, and I laugh because, well, I'll I'll, I'll tell you why I laugh in just a minute here. Um, I'm with you. I, I'm gonna be. I'm going to be biased about this because I'm a very big Mark Norman fan. Yeah, yeah. and I, I listen to every podcast. He, he does everybody's podcast, even like small comedians that nobody's ever heard of. If he's ever met them or worked with them, he'll do a, he'll do their podcast. So, and he, he's the same. He's exactly what you see on stage. He's that way all the time. And Tuesdays with stories, I I listen every week. I listen to the one brand new one was out today. It's it's. That and the Bonfire, which we've talked about, are yep. my two favorite podcasts now. I listen to the Bonfire every day, and I listen to Tuesdays with Stories every week, and they are my two favorite, the two funniest podcasts in the world to me that I've heard. There are a million that I haven't heard. But anyway, love Mark. I also listen to his other podcast that he does with um, – he, so he does that one with Joe List. He does one with uh, with Sam Murrell. Uh We might be drunk. Oh, my gosh. Him and Sam Murrell. That's got to be phenomenal because both of those guys have that same thing, that unique voice, the unique delivery, the unique – they're just unique to each other. I, that's got to be a good podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, so I'm going to be biased on this, but um, it was really good. Uh, he, he's, he's like the king of analogies. He's like, <laughs> he's yeah. like there's this. And it's just like this, or yeah. well, if you say this, I can say this, kind of like you were saying. Yeah. And he he really does the way his mind works with with relating things or or twisting things. Yeah, yeah, and, and how they how they correlate or whatever. Um, it's it's interesting. He does that all the time. He does it off the top of his head all the time on these podcasts. And the, but he. He he'll take some that he's that he likes a lot and he'll develop them and, and mm-hmm. put them into, into jokes and and the way the thing the amount of words that come out of his mouth I mean it's like, I feel like it's just memory like it it'd be hard enough just to memorize what this dude's trying to say but it just rolls off man like it just rolls out yeah it's insane yeah, yeah. E- economy of words he's he is such a student of comedy like he is a textbook comic guy yeah he he likes to write the jokes by the book he likes the setup and punchline and all the you know all the he likes it to be in order and all that kind of stuff um and he's good at it he's really good at it i i, I didn't write down a bunch of jokes um but <laughs> he said something about the the pet store is like the strip club for women <laughs> that was a good one. He's like, you know, uh, bring well, Roxy. Roxy oh, yeah, yeah. Everybody loves Roxy. <laughs> bring Roxy over here. And next thing I know, they're in a room all by themselves. She's sitting. She's sitting on her lap, and you know, she's she wants her all to herself. I can't. I think. I think Roxy's in love with me. Yeah, no, she's no, looking she, for a better life. No, she's looking for a better life. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. did have some good ones. Uh, he, 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 he said he said he said something oh, i can't remember look at your cat and call it the n-word he's like oh you gotta try it sometime and like everybody in the crowd was like uh, uh, nobody knew how to react i think though i think he likes those jokes yes better than he likes jokes that everybody laughs at like ooh. Man, that was funny, but can I laugh at it? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I think he likes those jokes better. <laughs> those are the jokes he and Joe List do constantly <laughs> on that podcast that they do together. It's so funny. They do the most offensive stuff, but that's the thing. Like, he's always like, "You guys, you have to understand. 
I don't mean any of this. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't really call. He doesn't really use that word with right. his cat. He yeah, doesn't, exactly. It, it's it's it, it's funny because it's ridiculous. Yes, and it's not real. So anyway, so funny. Um, <laughs> he's really funny. I I laughed because you gave it a four point one because I wrote down four point oh. Ooh, I went above you. You went above me. Wow, man! I I almost wrote three point eight and I switched it to four point one. <laughs> yeah. I'm at a solid four. A solid, solid four. four. I like that. Solid four. There you go. That sounds good. All right, so that means we need a uh, Mount Rushmore and a comedy segment for next week there, brother. That's right. I have a Mount Rushmore on deck, so I can I can talk about that yeah. uh, while you I think, take a I, look at comedy. I, I think that's a great idea. I think, um, I think you doing that would be a, a phenomenal idea while I go through this. Good. Uh, and then while you're picking – no, I already, no, never mind. I already did my – I was just thinking. I forgot to write down my last 20 there. All right. So, I was thinking uh, that we would do – we may have done something sort of similar, but I'm pretty sure we did not do this. And like you were just explaining before, I have zero memory. Zero memory, which doesn't bode well for uh, coaching basketball either, especially when you play the same team twice <laughs> uh, in a season in your in your league, which is going to happen yep. tomorrow. As a matter of fact, we beat a we beat a team by Do twenty. You got film? You got some time. film you can watch? No, records. You don't have anybody record your games? No, that's it's one thing I wish we had. Mo- a lot of the other, you know some how of easy the other, that is to do. I know, but I have to get a I have to get an iPod and a tripod and find somebody to do it and all that kind of stuff. Dude, so you walk up there and you hit record like when said, when when warm ups start. Hit record when warm ups start. Have yeah. it watch the entire. Have it up at the top, and and gotta be that wide. You can't zoom in and, and do this though. No, it's you be just that don't. Wide. Yeah, that's why you go up top. So. You don't have. You know who the girls are. You don't need to like be right up yeah. on top of them. I guess so. Um, I think the yeah. I think the NFL calls it their all twenty two. They've got a they've oh. got a camera. You can you can subscribe to NFL something and you can watch any game and it's called the all 22 and it's just the field. Just a wide shot. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that they, it's like cut up to where like when the guy walks up, when they break the huddle from the time they break the huddle, there's no in between stuff from the time they break the huddle to the time to play. The guy blows a whistle dead. Next play starts up. They walk, they're walking out of the huddle. I can get on board with that. (laughs) Yeah. I hear you. Um, all right, so yeah, so uh, they're actually uh, for the first time I've I, I did there were like two or three games so far that we had film because other schools have filmed our first game and then we went to play them the second time and uh, as a matter of fact we lost by thirty two to a team Ooh. earlier in the year and then we played them again two weeks later beat them by twenty one and that was one of the games I watched nice. film of and we we spent you know, 10 minutes in a practice the day before going over some of the stuff that they do. So anyway, the watching film definitely works, but, um, that all started with, I can't remember anything, but I yeah, think we haven't I was trying done to figure this. out how we got there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, I think we haven't done this. Um, I'm going to do the Mount Rushmore of adult cartoons. So like oh. your Simpsons, your family guys, that kind of stuff. Cartoons, not necessarily made for children. This is going to be a tough one, Bub. This is going to be a tough one for because, me. I'm just because because you, you don't watch very many of those. Uh, I'm. I'm. This is going to be tough for me. It's going to be is tough. That why? I'll, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. I'll. I'll I'm, I've watched some. Yeah. Like I'm just going to tell you right now. You, I could probably just only name like four. Probably, like Family Guy, South Park, 
uh, Simpsons and uh, what's the one with the robot? And like the guy goes and he's like lives in a Futurama. In Futurama. Yeah, I feel like those are the only things I've ever watched. <laughs> yeah, this might be it. Might be kind of tough. I, I've thought oh, about figure it out. I've thought about doing the Mount Rushmore of podcasts, but I don't think you listen to a ton of podcasts either. So I, I haven't done that for that reason. I'm meh, unless you think you have no. No, okay. I've no, no, I, I definitely don't watch a ton of podcasts, I, but here, that's here, all right. Here's the thing. I'm really actually kind of like you on this. I don't know that there are very many that I've really watched. Like the first three that you named are the only ones I've watched more than a couple episodes of. There you go. Okay, that um, makes me feel a little better. But I, I'm thinking there are some out there that I'm not thinking of, and it may be the same for you. If I, if I do a search, I'm if sure I spend a little are. bit of time, I, I might find something like, oh, yeah, 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 I forgot about that one. So – We'll do that. Maybe we'll only have five or six total that we've ever seen, and we'll have to pick four from that, and maybe this one will stink, but um, that's what I was thinking. No chance. <laughs> it's not going to stink. I'm ready to go. I think we're going to be – I think this is going to end up being good. I okay. think this will end up being good. Okay. Uh, the problem is I have zero idea what to do for uh, – man, I thought there was a bunch of good ones that just recently came out, wasn't there? I've got, I've got a list. You can pick from a list here. Yeah, give me give me your list because I, I, I swear to God there was a bunch of them. You know I ain't – I'm leaving you for the for Gaffigan. I ain't picking Gaffigan. I know. I know. I think I'm saving that one. Yeah, you save it for as long as you want, bud. I'll be all right with that. You can <laughs> save that for three years from now if you want. Uh, here we go. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, let's see here. That's the one. Done. Russell Howard. Russell Howard. That's the one I was thinking of. Okay. Lubricant. Okay. Russell Howard. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that's what it was called, but I saw Russell Howard on here, and that was the one I was thinking of. All right. That's on Netflix. <coughs> on Netflix. just came out in the last probably month or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's very recent because it popped on my Netflix. It was two weeks ago when we were down here, and it popped up on my on my thing. So now I can't find it on here unless I type his actual name in. Then it pops up. Yeah. That's the way. That usually helps when you type their name in. <laughs> Usually things pop up that way. That search engine's mighty nice. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've got a, a Mount Rushmore for next week. We've got a comedy special for next week. We'll have – I'm sure we'll talk about the at least the Bengals, probably both the uh, conference championship games in the NFL. We will definitely talk about the AFC championship game. For sure. Um, Whether we're crying or elated with joy. That's right. That's right. Uh, or crying because we're elated with joy. That could be the same. Could be uh, one in the same. It could be. Uh, aside from that, we may start getting into a little bit of basketball here again. Um, yeah, let's get in. Let's get our big three back. We've got. We've got. Uh, once. Once. I mean, once this week's over, you know, we'll have a week in between the Super Bowl. We're, we're getting close to the All Star Game. We yep. we'll start looking at those. There are already two or three returns, so it's almost. I think voting is almost done if it's not done already um for for voting for the all-star nba all-stars i've watched this has been the year i've watched the least amount of nba basketball i probably that might be the case for me too i, I, I just i'm so it's so busy dude there's so much going on every night i've got something yeah and i just don't have time when i turn the tv on i'm usually either asleep immediately or my wife's already got the remote so i'm out yeah you know what i mean yeah i feel that yeah i mean i I mean, I have the remote all the time, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta watch whatever I want. But you know, sometimes I'll I'll see a game on, and I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe. But then it's in the early in the second quarter, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go watch Family Guy. Yeah. I'm gonna watch an episode of Family Guy and come back and see what this game's going on in a little bit. You Family know I mean? Guy. Yeah, I feel like that might be on Mount Rushmore. It's it's number one. 
to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of my top three or four favorite shows of all that time. Simple. Um, that all might right. have, okay. That sounds good. We'll get a big three next week. Uh, next week, let's do it. We'll get a big three going. We'll have the AFC Championship, NFC Championship. I don't know what we do about Andre Edwards coming on the show again. We're going to have to figure this out. After the after the Bengals season ends, however it ends. Oh, so we're not going to do like if they're if they make it to the Super Bowl, we're not bringing them on before the Super Bowl. Uh we've got we two may. weeks. We may. We've got two weeks. I think we got to figure out we figure out if we get them in either way. Either way, somehow it, before the Super Bowl, whether I, the Bengals are there or not. Okay. I think we got to figure out how to get them on here. Yeah, because if the Bengals aren't there, it'll be after their season ends. It's so, a recap of the season. Well, yeah, yeah, right. All right. Yep. In the next in the next couple, two or three weeks, I think we'll have Andre on again. If he'll be on, he 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 is always super nice and says that he enjoys. He usually obliges. On. Yeah. He usually. Yeah. I don't know if it's. I don't know if he feels like he owes us something. I feel sorry for us. Yeah, feel sorry. That's probably it. Because he doesn't owe us anything. So it's got to be that he feels sorry <laughs> for us. We owe him a lot yes. for coming on this podcast Holy so cow. many times. It's Keeping him up until night. the yeah. – You ain't kidding. Yeah. Anyway. All right. That sounds good, man. So that's all the stuff we got. Uh, Mount Rushmore of adult cartoons. Russell Howard. Until uh, next week, don't forget to turn your headlights on. <laughs>